Meeting Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Today, we are back in our sermon series, The Shalom Church, The Shalom Church, and we are considering this Hebrew word, Shalom. Shalom refers to an ideal state of complete peace. It is a big word, a big complex word that includes things like harmony and wholeness and perfection and healing. So when we talk about the church being a gospel-driven church, a church that is shaped by resurrection, uh, what it means to be a flourishing human in, in today's world? What does it mean to be a healing community? Shalom is a great concept to bring into all these conversations. This sermon series, we are actually drawing upon an ancient creed from the fourth century. It's called the Nicene Creed, and we are considering um, a statement in that creed, four traditional marks of the church. The church is one, holy, Catholic, apostolic, church. We are considering these four marks. We're, at, we're, we're expanding them, okay? So the church is one, but it's also diverse. The church is holy, but it's also charismatic. We talked about that last week, and today we are considering the church is apostolic, and at the same time it's prophetic. Apostolic and prophetic. These two characteristics, they, they go together, and we want to hold these two characteristics in healthy tension. And really a key word today is balance. Balance. There's so much to talk about and explore with these topics today, uh, but for us, we are going to keep the apostolic and the prophetic in balance. Balance. And so for starters, uh, let's Let's get started with some definitions. Definitions. We, we need to know what we're talking about today. Um, apostolic comes from the word apostle, which means representative or ambassador. And really, the way that I think about it is, okay, there is a core, there is a center, there is an original, whether it's a person or an institution or a country, right? Uh, there, there is a core original identity entity, and out of that is a representative or an ambassador. The Latin word here is misio, which is where we get the word for missionary. So when you hear apostolic, think missionary, think representative, think ambassador. There is an original, and a person is sent out, an ambassador is there. They are representing the original they might be out there uh, to, um, to drum up new business or uh, to, to pioneer and, and try new things, uh, trying to jumpstart new things, but they are never detached from the original. Those who are sent out, whatever they get into, they always point back to the original. Okay? Apostle, an apostolic church. A church that, that has this um, outward motivation, this, this sending, this, this representation that, that needs to happen. The church is apostolic. When I was a kid, 
uh, going on field trips. Uh, they would sit us down like an elementary school, like right before we would leave and they would get really serious and they would remind us, they're like, hey, you guys, we want you to behave today. You represent your families. You represent this school. Like Franklin Township, the elementary school is home base. That's, that's the core. When you get on that bus and you drive to the, to the field trip, like remember, you represent us. You represent the school. And so there's this idea of representation. Wherever we head out, we reflect. We reflect back to where we came from. In the spiritual sense, in the gospel sense, it's, it's Jesus. Uh, it, is, it is the gospel. That's our core. That's our center. Apostolic church. Now, prophetic. Prophetic comes from the word prophet. Prophet. A prophet is one who speaks on behalf of another. In the religious sense, uh, a prophet speaks on behalf of God. They are God's mouthpiece. And a prophetic church is a church that is concerned with being in alignment with God. What does God value? What is God up to? Are we, are we there? What breaks God's heart? Is it breaking our heart? Okay, that's the prophetic function of, of the church. Um, is there an issue that really needs to be addressed right now? Is there a sin issue? Um, how, how can the church be uh, foretelling and forthtelling? Like, like how is the church speaking truth and love, uh, truth and grace to the world? Is, is our posture right? Is our posture wrong? Is our position right? Is our position wrong? Um, our, the gestures that we do, um, the prophet, the prophetic church is, is concerned about all of that. Um, but, but just keep in mind, uh, the prophetic is, um, is, is near to the heart of God, is, is deeply concerned about the things of, of God. That's that prophetic nature. Uh, and so when we say the church is apostolic and prophetic, what exactly are we apostolic and prophetic about? As a church, this means we aim to be faithful to the works and words of Jesus. We aim to be faithful to who Jesus actually is. We aim to be faithful to what the gospel is actually about. And the thing is, the apostolic and the prophetic, these two characteristics, they're, they're two sides of the same message. There's one message. There's one core. There, there's one Jesus. There's one gospel. But the apostolic and the prophetic, they go about this message kind of like in two different ways. And so when we talk about being apostolic, we start with Jesus. He is the original. Jesus is our brand. Jesus sent out his disciples. He commissioned them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And Jesus is like, uh, he says this to his disciples, okay, you've seen me do what I do. Now I want you to go out and do what I do. 
From the very beginning, the church has had an apostolic characteristic that's all about Jesus. We don't need to make our own brand. Our brand is Jesus. And this stems all the way back to the original apostles, the original witnesses. The disciples were the first Jesus representatives. And then, you know, continuing with with Paul and others and through the network of house churches, more and more Jesus representatives uh, were, were, were flooding the Roman Empire, and, and Jesus representatives continue to talk and represent Jesus today. From the very beginning, the church is enthusiastic about Jesus, and, and there's, a, there's a continuity, okay, in our history, in our faith, in our worship, in our mission. We are enthusiastic about our first love and his gospel. And this is why we are compelled to do apostolic things or like what we call like missional activities. We love Jesus and we believe that the best life runs through his life. And we want others to know and experience this. And so that means we look for what or who is not in the church. And we, we want to join in with what God is going to do about. We have a message that lost sons and daughters need to hear. We want to see what's not right, what's not shalomic, what's God going to do about it, and how are we involved in that process, okay? Inside the church, we get to ask questions like, are the people of Plymouth Meeting Church being led to their God given destiny? Are, are we pioneering? Are we representing well? Is our church or, or denomination, let's, let's take it to the denominational level, are, is our church or denomination designed for a healthy church organization and strategy? Are we growing as a denomination? Are we a mobilizing denomination? We get to ask these these types of questions. In fact, like um, we need to, we need every generation, every, like we need to keep keeping check. Hey, are we, are we working with other church groups, parachurch ministries? Like, are we, are we stretching and, and taking risks going, you know, not just within the kingdom of God, but, but beyond the boundaries of the kingdom? Are, are we, are we working, are we working to bring reconciliation and, and, and healing to this world, bringing the gospel to this world. We get to ask these kinds of, of questions. And the church is apostolic. The, at the same time, the church is, is prophetic. The church is prophetic. Now, as I said, the church, uh, the church prophetic takes a different angle. If the impulse of the apostolic church is missional, then the impulse of the prophetic church is incarnational. The church is to be the embodiment, the the visible incarnation of Jesus and the Bible. And yes, that means uh, we're going to have to know uh, (laughs) what's in here. We're going to have to, to, to read our Bibles, read it for ourselves, read it in community, wrestle with it in community, and stand strong in our beliefs. And that means the church will naturally just be offensive 
to the world. And we're not being offensive for offensive sake, but the church has the prayerful and worshipful task of speaking God's truth to a hurting world. The prophetic nature of the church is concerned with being faithful to God's word, being obedient to the voice of God. And again, we're invited to ask questions, big questions like, hey, is Plymouth Meeting Church hearing God's voice? And are we responding appropriately? Do we, uh, do we question the status quo? Or is same old, same old good enough? Are we anchored in the gospel? Or how about like on the denominational level, is our denomination rooted and aligned with what God values? Good questions to ask. And, you know, these are big questions, but don't just let the people with the titles in their name think about this stuff. I encourage you, I want you to think broadly and deeply and constructively about the apostolic and prophetic witness of Plymouth Meeting Church and the Evangelical Congregational Church, our denomination. We're all invited to think about these, these things together. So now let's, let's get into some scripture. Please turn to Ephesians chapter 2 if you have your Bibles with you. I hope you do. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I always just encourage it. It's, it's not law or anything, but I always encourage, hey, you know, just, just to get a, a, a physical copy, your own copy, like something you can feel and smell. Um, you know, your Bible has a smell, right? I don't know. There's, uh, if you don't have a Bible, please reach out to the church. We'll get you one. I always think it's just, it's just so good to have your own uh, Bible cracked open on your lap. Uh, but that's, that's all uh, a side, side uh, <laughs> trail there. Uh, let's get back to Ephesians chapter two. That's where we were headed. Ephesians chapter two. Uh, the church is apostolic and prophetic, uh, but again, um, all of this stretches back into history. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is talking about church unity and peace uh, that's made uh, completely possible and only possible by Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Now, picking up in verse 19, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building, being put together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. I really like the imagery of household. And also just kind of think about that. When, when you're building a house, the, the, the household is, is built on the apostles and prophets. There's, there's one house with a common foundation. The foundation is set. The, the church is built upon the Christ-centered, gospel-saturated, spirit-empowered apostles and prophets. And both of them the apostles and the prophets, you know, they're, they're pointing back to Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone. 
the cornerstone. Uh, traditionally, uh, is the stone that holds the structure together and keeps things at a right angle. I'm not much of a builder, but I, d- I do know that when things are square, life is much easier. Christ is the cornerstone. Christ is that right angles, right angle. Uh, and the prophets, the apostles, they say yes and amen to Jesus. He is cornerstone. And so the household of God is apostolic and prophetic. It stretches back into history, but it also stretches forward to each generation. Turn the page to Ephesians chapter 3. Paul is talking about his ministry to the Gentiles. Keep in mind, Paul is a Messianic Jew. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming you have heard about the administration of God's grace that he gave me for you, the mystery that was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, partners in the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. The prophets who have chased after God's heart and spoke on his behalf through the Holy Spirit. The apostles who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. They received a mystery. The gospel is for all people. The gospel is for you. And Jesus did not reinstitute a new Jewish nation. Jesus started afresh a new humanity, a new family. A family that includes everybody. The church is the new household for the world. And remember, we still live in a Good Friday world, but the household is filled with Easter people. And we continue to proclaim the good news. We continue to take action and reconciliation practices. The church has a message and a mission. Without message, we fail to be prophetic. Without mission, we fail to be apostolic. Without Jesus and the gospel, we fail to be a church. That's just a social club. Apostolic and prophetic. We want to hold both of these in balance with with each other. Balance. Balance. And we remind ourselves, Jesus is our first love. Jesus is our brand. The church is the extension of Jesus's mission and ministry. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Greek carries a double negative here, which emphatically says, never, no, never 
If you embrace Jesus, you will not walk in darkness. He is the light. He is the light of the world. He is the original. And the good news is, like, not only do we have Jesus' light, it gets better. He gives that light away. He gives that light to the church. In balance, we, we shine light missionally, and we shine the light incarnationally. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, in Jesus' own words, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is actually a throwback to the prophet Isaiah. Originally, Israel is described as the light of the nations. But now that is fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus is the light and salvation to the world and now, again, <laughs> Jesus' light and salvation is lived out in the church, missionally and incarnationally. The works and words of Jesus are proclaimed and practiced in everyday life by everyday Christ followers, so that lost sons and daughters might find their way back home, so that oppressive powers and strongholds may be dismantled. The church carries the shalomic message of salvation uh, to the ends of the earth. Uh, and this is actually a preview for our May 16th message in two weeks. Um, the church carries the shalomic message of salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus is the light for all people. And Jesus says, let your light shine brightly. Let your light shine brightly so that everybody can see it. And not just so that they can see it and see you. It's like, no, we're, let your light shine brightly so that they can see your good works and give glory to God. We don't need to figure out our ultimate goal of apostolic and prophetic functions. Like, we don't need to figure that out. It's like, God gets the glory. Why be missional? Why speak the truth? Why be prophetic? Why be representative of Jesus? God gets the glory. All honor and glory goes to God. And I just want to emphasize, when we are apostolic, when we do missional activities, our brand is Jesus. Our brand is is Jesus. When we speak the truth and love, our brand is Jesus. And Father gets the glory. Now, getting more challenging here, something that I've been kicking around with these two characteristics. I think if if we lead with one, we better be ready to follow up with the other. For example, if we lead with prophetic, it will be very wise to follow up with the apostolic. And so what I'm saying is, like, you don't truth bomb somebody and then walk away. If you lead with the prophetic, 
If you are if you are really dishing out, hey, like this is God's correction, this is God's rebuke, this is God's truth. Uh, if you if you lead with a prophetic, you better be ready to follow up with practical ways of love and grace and relationship, and like just to do it in community. Jesus was full of grace and truth. You know, he he welcomed sinners and tax collectors, and he he ate with them. You know, Jesus full of grace and truth, but also was just out there engaging, right? So as a church, engaging in brokenness, we need to be careful that we're not just pointing fingers and being critical and being condemning all the time and never being like constructive or loving or or, or like where's the grace, right? If you lead with the prophetic, have the apostolic there, right there. Or let's let's flip it. If you lead with the apostolic, if you see something that's not right in our community and you engage missionally, if we engage missionally, it'll be wise to, to follow up with words of truth. Okay? We need to be careful that we're not just project focused, but we're ready to engage and speak the truth in love, in grace, as we go, in balance. If we're called to feed the poor and hungry, we're also ready to give them the gospel of hope. If we support the brokenhearted, we're also ready to go and we're engaging in the trauma and we work towards healing. If we serve the spiritually lost We also evangelize and we pray with and for them so that their eyes may open, so that they may have new eyes to see. If we see oppression in this world, we also take action to set people free. And I understand there's like so much more to talk about all of this. But at this point, uh, we need to move on to some application time. I just have a few few ideas I'll toss your way. This is certainly not the end of the discussion, um, but I just want to give you the framework of uh, what I call WAG, uh, but it stands for words, actions, and gifts. Words, actions, and gifts. As you hold the prophetic and the apostolic together, as you hold these two together, think about apostolic and prophetic words, actions, and gifts. Or think about like, you know, you personally, but also as as a church. How can Plymouth Meeting Church operate in our community with words, actions, and gifts? And so, with Jesus as our brand, with Jesus as our first love, and with the goal of giving God the glory. When we speak apostolic words as a church, what that means is we can have dialogue that reflects the story and mission of God. We are reflecting back to Jesus. We are representatives of Jesus. We are 
reflecting the story. We're sharing our story, God's story. We're speaking apostolic words. When we speak prophetic words, as a church, we can proclaim the gospel in prayerful courage. We can also speak the truth and love. Sometimes it's really hard to speak truth and love, but it's the Spirit's job, um, and, and um, as our heart reflects Jesus, and as, our, as we share our heart with others, we just pray that, hey, God, I just, <laughs> this is going to be hard to say, but I just pray that my words, maybe your words, filled with grace, seasoned with salt, as Paul would say. But we just trust, hey, when, hey, this, I'm speaking the truth in love, I'm standing up, I'm rebuking and admonishing, but God, may your words come out and, and, and spirit, may they land well. But, but the church is called to engage. The church is called to speak prophetically, both in and out of the church. With Jesus as our brand, our first love, and with the goal of, of giving God the glory, when we do apostolic actions as a church, we get to engage in activities of restoration and we get to join in with, with God's mission of reconciling all things back to himself through Jesus Christ. When we do prophetic actions, I think of first. Peter chapter 2 reminds us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy people for God's possession. We are all of these things so that we may proclaim the praises of God, the one who called us out of darkness and is sending us out into his mar marvelous light. So, so church, prophetic actions, um, like, like Put on your priestly garments. We get to intervene and be Easter people in a Good Friday world. And with Jesus as our brand, our first love, and the ultimate goal to give God the glory, we can give apostolic gifts. Let your heart be open and fresh to move and give and respond in the ways the Spirit leads to a situation or cause that might come up. Plymouth Meeting Church, actually, we do this well, you know? I'm, I'm happy to report Plymouth Meeting Church, like if there is a situation, if there is a, a call to action, a, a, a moment to, to give, we have a track record of responding. I mean, just recently, um, our boiler valve needed to be replaced. I don't have all the mechanical uh, mumbo jumbo uh, there, but it was like, I don't know, it was like over $2,000 of a bill. And it's like, man, we just don't want to just spend another $2,000. We don't want this to come out of the general budget. And, you know, it, it can if it has to, but, you know, we extended it to the whole congregation. And you guys responded. Multiple people 
uh, rose to the to the challenge. I mean, I, I don't know how many. Um, I don't even know how much money came in, but it was enough, and and like an apostolic gift. Okay, there is a a missional response. Hey, we need help, and and there it was. The checks came in. It's like wow, praise God. Like wow, let's let's keep this moving. Let's let's keep like yeah, like let's let's keep. This, uh, this is exciting. Thank you so much, church, for being a missional church with, with missional responses, apostolic responses. All right. Now, finally, with Jesus as our brand, our first love, and the goal of giving God the glory, finally now, uh, we can give prophetic gifts. As a church, when we are grounded in our gospel identity, all right, when we when we just know who we are in Christ, like you know what in the kingdom of God we are authorized and empowered by Jesus to give in ways that doesn't always make sense. All right, being sensitive sensitive to the Spirit, like if we feel moved as a church to open up a thrift store or to buy a church van or something like that, like like we are just being sensitive to the Spirit, uh, and you know, and, and maybe we're we're led to give. We're, we're led to give things away. Or even um, another angle to this is stemming back from last week's message. We use our spiritual gifts to build each other up. We give ourselves away. We give our gifts away. We, we submit to others. We serve others. We can give apostolically and prophetically we have, we have words to share that are apostolic and prophetic. We have actions to do that are apostolic and prophetic. The church is apostolic and prophetic. With Jesus as our brand, our first love, we do all of these things to give God the glory. God is building his Shalom Church. We're joining in with what God is up to in our community and beyond. Our benediction today comes from Philippians chapter 2. Church, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like stars. You will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. God bless. Shalom. We'll see you next week, God willing, for a special Mother's Day message. Amen.